Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neal. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Um, I'm okay. I've uh, felt better. Yeah? <laughs> I woke up on Saturday morning with a really horrendous cold. Oh, um, no. And I'm still trying to shake it, so if I if I sneeze and cough loads, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I apologise, but... Yeah, I'm doing okay. How are you? Cool. Yeah, I'm not so bad. Really enjoying this this long bank holiday weekend. I've had four days Absolutely. off, which is a bit of a rarity for me. So I've been enjoying that. Well, I had to work on Saturday, but oh. I've still got Monday off, so that's that's good. Yeah. So yeah, have you played much magic this week? Um, no, no, not really. As per <laughs> usual, um, I am obsessed with magic, but don't play much magic. Um, I'm just I've just been like just reading articles and building decks and then playing F and M. Yeah. Sure. So still consuming content. Oh yeah, that's all I do. Like, <laughs> um, I play like six matches of Magic a week and read about a hundred articles and watch a hundred YouTube videos. So yeah, I think I'm about the same at the moment. Um, although I, I have been playing Arena quite a lot this week. Sweet. Okay. As you much still as enjoying I, it? Yeah, as, as much as I was like very negative on it last episode, and I still do feel quite negative towards it. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a pretty good time sink, and I am trying to play as much of it as I can just to sort of get. I don't know be able to make like a fair fair balanced opinion of it really like it's mm-hmm. it's maybe not as bad as i have felt about it but it's just it's just not great still currently I like, you had some pretty ridiculous opens in terms of was it the vault that you opened yeah i finally opened the vault uh, after after days of grinding mm-hmm. uh managed to open a scarab god a hostage taker some other blue That's card i'll never play and then like a couple of wild cards which are which are good <laughs> but I just I just wish it had an economy. Like I wish there was a trading system or a dusting system or anything. It it just seems to be that that is the major flaw with it. Really, like it's going to be very difficult to acquire the cards you need, even mm-hmm. with things like wild cards. So currently, for example, uh, I have a mythic wild card. Yeah, I don't really know what to do with it because I don't need any mythics for my deck. There's plenty of rares I need for my deck, but. I mm-hmm. can't trade trade that wild card in for like a rare wild card. I can't, you know, yeah, sort of dust there's... it and you know maybe trade it for other things I need, or maybe even trade it back into gold to buy a pack. Yeah, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk about that. Like I think there's there's been some people have like talked about maybe you're able to sort of dust like like well like I wouldn't be called dusting I imagine, but like yeah. trade trade your wild cards of different rarities into other ones. So like you could trade a certain amount of rares up into a mythic, or yeah. you could like. I think at a certain point, if you really don't need the mythic, some people would be okay with just trading a mythic down into a rare wild card, right? Yeah, I yeah, I would absolutely love to trade this mythic for like just anything I would need. Like settle the wreckage would be great. Like my deck could do with, with another settle the wreckage. So what uh, what are you what are you playing on arena at the moment? So I'm playing uh, a really budget, I guess, version of uh, of blue white approach. Mm-hmm. Just the deck I play in standard as well. Uh, so for the past. Say so for the past like ever since uh, they relaunched with with Armageddon block, um, I have been playing with only one copy of Approach in my deck. <laughs> that seems bad. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been pretty terrible. I mean, it's, it's not so horrendous because everybody plays creature decks and you only play sort of one-off games, so nobody's playing negate main board. So mm-hmm. usually, if I fire off an, off a, an Approach to the second sun, like that's it. Like I'm gonna win. Like I'm just gonna draw the cards to get my get to that card again and then cast it again okay uh but yeah i'm not playing any creatures in my deck I'm none, at all. none at all so not even the caracal like not even the caracal no oh man so i don't i don't play it well 
Alright, so I have to play one creature, sort of main board, in my standard deck, and that's my spicy one of Cataclysmic Gear Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, unfortunately, isn't in Magic Arena, so I can't play with that. Oh, that's such a shame. <laughs> but yeah, I've been, been trying to replicate my standard deck sort of as close as possible, but without mm-hmm. Fuma Gates, without easy access to settle the wreckage, it's just not possible. Yeah, and you just have this mythic wildcard just sort of rotting, not doing much. Yeah, like, I've already got two Gideon of the Trials. I don't need anything else, so... Okay, sure, yeah. You know, I'd, one thing I, ha- I had noticed is that there, there is, like, a like a redeem code feature uh, in the game as well, so that's okay. not something that we, we haven't had codes for anything yet, but my one hope that I, I do have is that a really good way to keep the economy the way it is and sort of get around having to have a trading or dusting system would be like a, a redemption system uh, if you buy a booster pack in real life there's a code in the yep. booster pack you can use that code in arena that's what that's what pokemon does at the moment right yeah that's what pokemon does pokemon's done it for years and like it works it's great okay that's sweet i mean i'm still i'm still off it <laughs> like yeah, like, it, I would I'm, still much rather play Magic Online, but yeah, I think that's part of the problem. Because I mean, the way I play Magic Online is I, um, I rent decks. Yeah. Um. So I use Mana Traders, and then you pay like a monthly subscription, and you can just sort of rent whatever deck you want. Yeah. <clears throat> and obviously, there's no you know when nowhere near to um, close to doing that on Arena. Oh no, not at all. No. It's... Um. So I'm just doing it to jam Magic, and I don't I don't really understand like what I'd play Arena for because I play Magic Online to get better at Magic, yeah. to learn matchups, to learn sideboarding, to to all these things. But like, especially with the sort of two thirds of a format on Arena, like I'm not I'm not that excited about it yet. Until no. they have draft, I'm very excited about drafting. Yeah, like if they do implement drafting it, then yeah, great. Like I'll draft on there, but. <laughs> At the moment, it's it's a solid replacement for Magic Duels, and I'm fine with sure. that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still I'm still aboard the Magic Online train. Yeah, same, hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent. But aside from that, uh, I did do a Return of Ravnica draft this weekend. Sweet, and that was just the best draft I've done for a very long time. Like, yeah, I do remember that format being really fun. Like, probably the best draft I've done since like. I don't know, like Shadows of Renestrad. Like that was the, my last draft format that I really enjoyed. Jeez. Um, like, yeah, it just it just felt good. Like all of the cards felt good. All of the cards <laughs> did something. Yeah. The value was like decent as well. Like looking at like an EV sort of perspective. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's Shocklands and there's a few like yeah, Shocklands. There's the uh, like Death Shaman. There's yeah. Chromatic Lantern. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Abrupt Decay's in there. But yeah, in, sure. like the foils, like. The foils are absolutely ridiculous. Like stuff like Cyclonic Rifts in there. So that as a foil is like thirty five dollars. Oh, yeah. Like foil Deathrite Shaman's over thirty dollars. Uh, foil Abrupt Decay is around that as well. Like there's there's some really good value in there. Like we didn't really open a lot of value from what we we got, but mm-hmm. everybody really enjoyed the draft and we're a lot That's more excited to sort of draft that again than we were even something like a like a master set. Yeah, I mean like that's because that's why. That's why we all draft master sets, right? Because they're because they're fun. Um, yeah, they're, they're different. But like, if this is more fun, then go for a go for a return to having a draft. Yeah, definitely. Like, you can pick up a box of return to having for around like eighty eighty five pounds, or you could pick up a box of like masters twenty five for like around one hundred and sixty hundred and seventy. Yeah, I think I know which one I'd rather do. I yeah, was just like, doing just get like two boxes of return to having and have at least triple the fun. Yeah, that's sweet. So, so yeah, how did you do in your draft? Uh, I did horrendously. Um, <laughs> uh, I went 0-3, uh, so I, I drafted an Azorius deck. Uh, my pack one pick one was uh, Supreme Verdict, which was 
a pretty good card. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I thought it was one of those formats which kind of, kind of rewards you for for picking your colors early. Um, yep, and sort of sticking to your guns. And I did there. Like my my deck was was okay. Like it was fine. But I thought the turns out the player opposite me was also drafting Azorius, and they were just taking all of like the really good cards that they were, they were getting in those colors. <laughs> so they ended up with all of the missing pieces that I needed. I ended up with all the missing pieces they needed. So neither of us really had an amazing deck. Yeah, it's a bummer. But yeah. we were we were, you know, we all had a lot of fun. That's right then. So I think that <laughs> nicely leads us into our cracker pack this week, which is going to be a return of Africa pack. Well, can we really trust your opinion on it if you went 0-3 in a draft? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think like, <laughs> <laughs> like I know I know which sort of color pairings are, are better than others. Like the Azorius one isn't necessarily great, but mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. And like I say that Supreme Verdict is a is a very good pack one pick one. I mean, Selesnya is one of the represented guilds in this set, right? Yeah, I know how much you love Selesnya. I'm a big, big fan, so I'm going to draft some Selesnya cards, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so should we get on with it? It's crap. Yeah, let's pack. get to it. They've still got the new card smell as well. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Right, so we have, uh, first out the pack, it's a Golgari Guild Gate. Sweet. So that's a land, it's a gate, and when it enters the battlefield tapped, and you can tap it for black or green. Yep, I mean, fixing's good, but I'm probably not taking this first. No, never take it first, but, I mean, the Guild Gates are really good, especially at common, mm-hmm. you see quite a few of them going around. Like, I think if you can solidify yourself in a, your colours early on, then picking gates up early is, is, is a, fairly, a fairly good shout, I think. It's not Selesnya Guild Gate, so we obviously need to move on. <laughs> uh, so after that, we've got Cancel. So that is one Sweet. and two blue. Counter target spell, and that's an instant. Yeah, um, I'm not, not playing this, I don't think. Um, I mean, it's it's playable. Like I wouldn't be disappointed to play it, um, but it's not going to be my first pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd pick it over Golgari Guild Gate first, but... Sure. Yeah, it's not going to be the, be the first pick in the end, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after that, we have Sundering Growth. So that is, yeah. uh, so it's two hybrid mana. So it's green and white, or green and white, mm-hmm. and it's an instant. Uh, it's destroy target artifact or enchantment, and then populate. I used to think this card was busted. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's probably fine in like some construct formats, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're not really going to play them. Like it's a really good sideboard card if somebody has like an artifact or enchantment that you you really need to deal with. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... Like, the worst, enchantments are definitely harder. a theme. Yeah, I mean, it's a slightly harder to cast naturalize, right? Uh, yeah, quite possibly, yeah. Just with a little bit of upside if you're in the if you're in the token deck. But, I mean, yeah, this is not... I mean, I don't think I'm picking this for a main deck, let alone pick one. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, so after that, we have a Sluiceway Scorpion. So that is two, a uh, black and a green. And that's a 2-2 Scorpion uh, with Death Touch. And it has Scavenge. So you pay one, one black and one green. And you exile it from your graveyard. And you put a number of plus one plus one counters equal to this card's power on target creature, and you scavenge only at sorcery speed. Uh, this is fine. Yeah. I'd pick this up to fill a curve, um, and it you know it has it has reusable value. I suppose if you're playing a creature deck. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like it's it has death touch, so it can it can block some sort of decent sized threats, and I, mm-hmm. think, I think the scavenge mechanic is a little bit underrated. Like, yeah, I just think I don't think it was pushed enough. No, no, I, I think it's something where. Once we do sort of go back to Ravnica, I'd mm-hmm. like to see them sort of explore that a little bit more. Absolutely, because I mean, oh, the only good scavenge card I can think of is Varals, right? <laughs> that's because it's it's cheating. Yeah, <laughs> on, <sure>. on <laughs> but yeah. I think Sluiceway Scorpion is probably my my pick at the moment over the council. So it's, it's definitely better than Council. Yeah, 
Uh, after that, we have a Concordia Pegasus. So that is one and a white for a Pegasus creature. And it's a 1-3, and it has flying. Uh, Priscilla, uh, <laughs> uh, fine. <laughs> yeah, like, it's fine. Like, I feel like it's not that bad, like, compared to, like, what you'd see at common level these days. Like, a, a mm-hmm. two-mana 1-3 flyer for a common seems, yeah. like, pretty good, like, as far as, like, today's draft creatures go. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, like, I mean, that's it. Like, it's fine. Like, it's it's nothing exciting. So I don't think that will be the pick here either. We're going to stick on the, the Scorpion. Yep. So after that, we have Destroy the Evidence. That is four and a black for a sorcery. And that says, Destroy Target Land. Its controller reveals cards from the top of his or her library until he or she reveals a land card, then puts those cards in the his or her graveyard. No. <laughs> no. Again, I mean, just, just a straight no. Like, you can make a mill deck. Like, milling is definitely a sub-theme, but... Sure, yeah, yeah. Not as a pack one, pick one. No, that's... I mean, I don't understand this card at all. <laughs> uh, after that, we have a stone fair crocodile. So that's three mana. It's two and a green for a 3-2 crocodile. And it has two and a black. Stone fair crocodile gains lifelink until end of turn. Yeah, it's... Mm, it's okay. It's a bit slow. Yeah, like, it, again, it's fine. I would... Probably, I think I might probably pick it over the Sluiceway Scorpion, just because it gives you a little bit more flexibility on the the casting cost. Three mana, three two, and you're only you're only. Well, I suppose like I play this in a green deck just to fill it out, and then if you're playing black, that's good. Yeah. Sure. So it's, it's, it's not going to okay. be the first pick, but I'm, I think I I think I would pick it over the Scorpion. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, after that, we have a Gore House Chainwalker. Yeah. There's one and a red uh, for a two one Human Warrior which has Unleash. So you may have this creature enter the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it. It can't block as long as it has a plus one, plus one counter on it. It's quite sweet. Yeah, it's it's just good. Like, it's a two mana, three, two, essentially. In the yeah, kind of re- decks that you want to be playing this in, you're not really looking to block. You just want to get really aggro and attack as fast and as early as possible. Yeah, I mean, I when I cube, if this is in the cube, I rate this fairly highly in the aggressive red decks. Yeah, it's. I'm fine taking it here. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be my first pick at this point as well. Uh, I do find the the Rakdos decks do perform quite well in this format. Yeah, just super aggressive. So that's definitely the pick here so far. Mm-hmm. And after that, we have Inaction Injunction. So that is one and a blue for a sorcery. That is detain target creature and opponent controls. So that's until your next turn, that creature can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated. And then it also says draw a card. Um, no. No, yeah, I'm not picking this either. Um, I do really like the de- uh, detain mechanic, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's something that I wish we had in standard currently. Like, I feel like sure. that would solve a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Not that we necessarily have a lot of problems, but I think it would, would slow down the down the mono red deck a bit and would even help deal with Scarab God. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet because it gives you some time to sort of deal with those threats, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, just, I don't think this is very... I'm still taking the Trainwalker, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm not first, first picking this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Uncommons now. First of our yep. Uncommons, we have Dark Revenant. So that's three and a black for a creature spirit. That's a 2-2 two, two with flying. And when it dies, put it on top of its owner's library. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about this one. Yeah, like, it's, it's fine. It's probably fine, but I think I'm still picking the Chainwalker. Yeah, I... Yeah, this isn't better than the Shamewalker. No, I, 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 I agree there. Um, it's yeah, it's a four mana two two flyer isn't necessarily great. Like especially if you compare it to that Pegasus from earlier. Yeah, so sure. Two mana one three can just block this all day. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't think I would pick the Dark Revenant. Yep. We've got a sweet card next. Um, I don't think we'll be first picking it, though. Next up, we have Is It Charm. Sweet. That's so blue and a red for an instant. That says choose one. Counter target non-creature spell unless its controller pays two. Or Is It Charm deals two damage to target creature. Or draw two cards, then discard two cards. Modern playable. Yeah, and I love this card in cube. Absolutely love this card in cube, but it's so sweet. I, I don't think it's very playable in this draft format. I mean, I, it's a card spell you can play in a Bloodbraid off deck. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> That's why I like it. Yeah. Um, no, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's good here, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely not the pick. Uh, after that, we come to our last uncommon. We have Soul Sworn Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that is three and a blue for a 2-1 creature spirit. And it says Soul Sworn Spirit is unblockable. And when it enters the battlefield, detain target creature and opponent controls. Uh, I no. Yeah, like I I picked up one copy of it for my deck on Saturday when we drafted, but I yeah, didn't first pick it, and I'm not going to first pick it here. Sure. Uh, so we're still on the we're still on the chain walker. Yeah, still on the chain walker, definitely. Mm-hmm. So let's see if our rare changes that. Yep. Oh, our rare is precinct captain. Ooh, precinct captain is pretty good. So that is two white. For a human soldier, it's a 2-2 with first strike. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, put a 1-1 white soldier creature token onto the battlefield. I like this card. Yeah, I like Precinct Captain as well. I, I think it's probably going to be my pick. Yeah, I, I like... Because I think... Well, I mean, Chainwalker was like a 2 mana aggressive creature, right? Yeah. And this still fills that slot. Yeah, for sure. Plus it also has first strike. Yeah, exactly. So it blocks blocks really well. Yeah, um, I mean, it blocks a chain walker and kills it. Yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. Uh, it's the, I, I think Precinct Captain is probably going to be the pick here. But we do <laughs> have one card left to go. There is a foil in the back. Oh, there's a foil? It is, yeah. Sweet. It's a sewer shambler. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's two in black for a zombie creature uh, with swamp walk. It's a 2-1. And then it has scavenge for two in a black. Uh, no, <laughs> no, Precinct Captain definitely, but yeah, it's still better than that. But you know, yeah, I could see, I could see arguments being made for the the Gorehouse Chainwalker as well because I do find those aggressive decks, especially like the like the Rakdos decks, are really good in this format. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. So yeah, Precinct Captain will be my pack one pick one this week. Sweet. So something else we've noticed in the it's been quite big in the the news of Magic this week is there was an incident uh, at a Star City event uh, last weekend. Uh, I'm not going to name the, the players involved because yep. uh, you, you could just Google it to find out who they are if you really wanted to, and they have received quite a lot of uh, say messages over to sort of various social media sites, and mm-hmm. you know I kind of don't want to draw any more attention to the players involved than already has been. But there was an incident where uh, on camera, uh, two players, or well, one of the players, refused to shake the other player's hand after they, they played their match. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion around this and so I think this week we kind of just wanted to talk a bit about just respect and showing respect sort of towards each other while you're, while you're playing a game I think it's it's easy to sort of when you're playing Magic to get wrapped up in your own head right like yeah for sure um, like especially if you know you lose a game and you think oh like if it was a close game and you really put a lot of effort in it's, it's sort of or you know if, if you lose horrendously and you had no chance in the game it's, sort, it's really easy to get really salty and sort of not not be nice to your opponent not be respectful to your opponent yeah for sure because um, especially at like a, a competitive event so a competitive level play mm-hmm. you know it's called competitive for a reason like you are you're you're trying to win it, it's not a casual setting There's, absolutely 
some sort of there's going to be some sort of prize on the line. There's you know you've got a stake in this, so mm-hmm. you know you can't see why sometimes you could just sort of you know get wrapped up in the heat of the competition. Yeah, but I think I mean. I think regardless of like what the stakes are or like how I'm feeling or anything, I think just like shaking your opponent's hand, like unless unless you know they've been personally very mean to you. Yeah. Uh, if it's just a game of magic and you know you've lost or whatever, like I think because every time I I concede or lose a game of magic, the first thing I do is extend my my hand to my opponent and shake their hand, right? Cause, yeah, I'm the same. Like, you know, I might not even say I concede. Sometimes, like yeah. I'll just I'll show my hand or I'll scoop my cards up, but I'll always go yeah. straight for the handshake. You know, say good yeah. game, shake the hand. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and like even if um, even if I've won, like I still make a point to be oh thank thank you for the games, like it's been fun, like yeah, of course, yeah. At the end of the day, this is a hobby that we choose to do, um, and the whole point is it's fun, and you want to be you want to be inclusive, right? Like, yeah, you want for sure. At the very least, just people. show some sort of you know common courtesy, really. Absolutely, because I mean, you're, you're playing this game because you love it, and you want other people to love it as well. You want their experience to be to be pleasant. You want them to have had a nice time. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I think. You know, the people that are playing it are just as important as the game itself, and people are having a nice time. So if you're really moody <laughs> and you, you don't shake your opponent's hand, then like they're not gonna they're gonna leave that table thinking they've not had a nice time. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things like yeah, of course, like they're they're gonna gonna leave the table feeling a bit odd, and that might yeah. sort of put them off in their next games because I mean this happened in round nine and fifteen, so there were still sort of six rounds to go after that as well of the of the Swiss. So <laughs> that sort of puts you in a you know, sours your mood for the day slightly, and you know the person who, who refused to shake as well. Like that's obviously going to be sour in their mood for the day as well. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just it's just about being respectful, right? Like, be be respectful to each other. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's as, as simple as it is. Because I mean, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of things in magic where uh, I think it's difficult for people to feel comfortable in the setting. Yeah, um, for sure. There are a lot of stereotypes with magic, like the kinds of people that, pe- that, that play it, um, and the attitudes that people have. Um, and I think it's sort of it's on us as people that play magic to just be as nice and like you know open as you can be with, with your opponents. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that definitely. Like I've, I've seen sort of a lot of I mean, yeah a lot of takes on the on the whole situation sort of a various mm. various websites, and there are sort of a you know a, a few different arguments around the whole thing. Like so. In this particular instance, the the winner of the game extended their hand to go for the handshake. Where mm-hmm. usually you'll find that, or at least in, in you know my cases personally, like when I'm the loser, I'll, I'll extend my hand and say, you know, hey, you know, you were the better player there, or you know, you obviously you deserve that win. And yeah. so I could see why some people might think that the winner of the game may have been sort of. Know, perceived to be slightly disrespectful towards their opponent who just lost their game, but yeah, I, guess I really like, don't think that was the intention there at all. Like, yeah, I mean, because it's a sense of like, um, so if you're at comp route and like there's a you've got to sign a slip at the end of a match for the result, yeah, the the sort of expected thing is that the winner of the the winner of the match will like take the slip over to the judge table or yeah, of course, you know, that's just these sort of expected sort of roles that we have because like you know the winner will go and do that and then the loser shakes extends their hand first for a handshake at the end of the game yeah um so i guess it does sort of seem weird if like someone's just won a game of magic and then immediately goes to shake their hand it seems a little bit disrespectful but i mean it's just common courtesy it's what we expect at the end of the game we, at the end of the game like regardless of the result we expect to shake each other's hand to have a bit of like sort of camaraderie yeah of course i don't think there was anything sort of negative or, or mean sort of implied in, in this particular instance like i don't think it was like a you know like gg scrub kind of like you know like <laughs> 
<laughs> that kind of thing, which which you you know it it does happen. So yeah, I mean, I've I've done it before. Like I've been I've been the winner, and my opponent's been like, you know, they were tanking for ages, and it was a difficult game, and like they like lost sort of like on the last turn, and it's it's been difficult, and they were sort of in their zone, and I've extended my hand, being like, oh, thanks for the games. Yeah, um, and I think that I mean that, I think that's fine. Yeah, me too. Like, you know, it, as long as like. I mean, I think in most situations, it's it's fairly easy enough to tell how your opponent's feeling like after the match, regardless of whether yeah. they won or lost. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's. I think it's it's just always it's always the right thing to do, just to show a bit of common courtesy, whether that is shaking your opponent's hand or you know maybe even just saying, "Hey, like, good luck in your next round." Like, yeah, like I I always try and say that, and now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe as as the winner of a match, it seems a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I can totally see why things could be implied or inferred by mm-hmm. by the winner doing something beforehand. But yeah, I don't I uh, I don't think there was anything in this particular scenario where the you know the winner was trying to you know rub salt in the wounds or or anything to that extent at all. Yeah, because I mean, I I play games of magic where someone's won and they've like immediately stood up and started celebrating. I'm like, well, that's yeah, that's for not... sure. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a bit rude, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, something like that is a bit rude. But I I think I think it's that. I think everybody just needs to just be a little bit aware of of yourself and the person sat opposite you. Like, obviously, like, like you're playing. They're, they're not an NPC. You're playing as exactly human yeah. at the end of the day, and yeah, like they are totally legitimate. You know, legitimate reasons for not wanting to shake a hand if. You know, if somebody has you know some sort of you know interpersonal issues, or if somebody has you know hygiene issues, for example, and you, you wouldn't, yeah, you know, sure, they sure. don't want to shake your hand or whatever reason. But I think even even with the hygiene thing, which is you know as you mentioned before, one of the one of the stereotypes, one of the unfortunate Absolutely. stereotypes. Um, you know, if you're at a GP, if you're at a you know even if you're just in a store, like shake their hand and go wash your hands afterwards. Like, yeah, it's not know. that hard, right? Like, yeah. Because you don't you don't know anything about well like in a GP for example you yeah. don't really know anything about the person sitting opposite you yeah of course so just sort of bite the bullet just do even if it makes you a little bit uncomfortable in that moment just shake their hand be be pleasant be respectful and then maybe sort of deal with your feelings away from that person yeah of course like all they all they deserve is for you to be nice and respectful um, that's all that magic players d- deserve <laughs> like it's all the no, people I, are being I, I agree a hundred percent and you know if. You know, it might even be the case that you're the only person to shake their hand weekend. You know that weekend, and you've you've made the yeah. weekend like great. Like I'd much rather do that than just you know I mean, ignore someone my... because they're they're a bit smelly. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's one of my favorite things about magic, right? Like, magic has improved my life greatly. Like, yeah. I've made a lot of a lot of really good friends. I've just had a lot a lot of even if I haven't made friends with them, you know, you're just sitting sort of like they've been uh, like at GPs like after a game or like. Um, I'm doing a side event and we've ID'd, um, so we're just sort of sitting there chatting, just having a nice chat with people. Like, yeah, for sure. Because I've definitely had situations where, like, I've or like you know, you've sat down at the players' meeting or something like that, and you've sat there, and your opponent doesn't really say anything to you, yeah. and you're like sort of trying to make conversation. Like, well, this is incredibly awkward. You just yeah. want to make, want to make. And obviously, there's a lot of reasons why people might might not want to be, you know, talkative and might not want to start a conversation with someone they don't know. Um, but I think the, the whole point is just be as 
be as sort of engaging and as welcoming as you can be. Yeah, definitely. Because what, what if it's someone's first GP, right? And they're like, they've played Magic at the kitchen table for ages, and they're like, oh, I'm going to go play this standard GP, and I'm going to go try and play, like, some competitive Magic. Yeah. And then the first match of the day, they have some guy who's, like, really pompous, thinks they're really good, yeah. beats them, and then just, like, isn't isn't very sporting, and then just gets them and leaves the table. Yeah. It's like, that's not what you want. That's not what... That's not what Magic's about. Like. No, for sure. So my very first GP, for example, um, it was a, I, was a GP, it was GP London. I think it was it was twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. It was the one that um, that Star City Games hosted in London. Uh, so oh yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I wasn't a good Magic player at the time. Like, <laughs> I was I was still sort of really new to competitive play, like brand new to competitive play, really. Um, I'd, yeah, I was great at that point in time. It was not long after uh, Yul Larson had won the the Pro Tour with Mono Red, so I just yep. I ended up just buying the bits for his Pro Tour winning deck that I didn't have, and I was like, I'm going to sure. play that deck, and went like oh five in the main event. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was horrendous. But after that, there was like a like a like a bounce back sort of uh, you know second chance event where you had like double prizes if you played in the main event. So. I went entered that and I think I went like I went one two in that uh but in in that one like I felt like I saw sort of every end of the spectrum really so we had like the first match the the two of us kind of didn't really say much it was just like a oh how did the main event go oh yeah I lost yeah me too oh, well, you know, it's my first GP this that played a mm-hmm. game that was it done yeah uh, then the second round the person so I, I won the my second round in that event and the person I played against they weren't very happy to lose like okay uh, to the point so I'd I can't remember the quite remember the what deck I was playing against or like what even like the plays I made were but mm-hmm. it was a long time ago now but I I, I just remember yeah. for some reason I some I beat my opponent two one and then they got very upset and started calling me a, a bad magic player. Whoa, that's not no, that's it, not it, it wasn't cool at all. Like you know, my, my very first GP ever, and they start go you know, after after I beat them, I, you know, I, I shook the hand, I did shake the hand, and I was like, oh, you know, mm. thanks for the game, you know, well played. And they went, oh, well, you know, you didn't play well, you're a bad magic player. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> no, you're serious blood. You're meant to sideboard your serious blood out. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, still lost. Though, didn't I you? didn't, <laughs> but you know. I, I won, like yeah, exactly. Right, so it like, just it just it felt really awkward and really weird. Like just to have somebody you... sat there like saying I was bad at magic. Like you know, admittedly I was bad at magic at the time. But sure. you know, like, you don't say that, you don't, right? Yeah, you don't say that to your opponent at a GP who just beats you. Like you know, so that yeah. felt really bad. But then, but, I mean, in that situation, you'd be like, oh, I see that you kept your searing bloods in. I would have boarded them out because of this. You wouldn't be like, you're terrible, you left them in, you're an idiot. Like, that's... Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, yeah. That's messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. it was... It just... It felt really bad and really weird. Yeah. But then we went on to round three, uh, and the person I played against, so obviously we were on the, on the, the same the same results, and mm-hmm. it, I think it was their first GP as well, and they were, <coughs> they were just having a load of fun. I was having a load of fun. We played some silly matches, and then at the end of the match, we decided just to, to split the tickets that we won. Sweet. And we both got a Betrayers of Kamigawa booster pack and played Mini Masters with Betrayers of Kamigawa. Oh, that's really cool. And like that was, again, like that was the only interaction I had with that player like the whole weekend. I didn't see them again for the whole weekend, never met yeah. them before. I don't remember their name now, but that memory is going to stick with me forever. Absolutely. Like, we, had, we had a good laugh and then decided, well, we've got like 
you know, a hundred tickets between the two of us or whatever. Let's get two of these packs. Let's just have a good laugh. Yeah, that's that's, that's what magic's about, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was just it was just way better, way better having like the two of us being happy than one of us being really unhappy and one of us feeling really uneasy. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just it's unbelievable. Like, why would you want to foster that sort of negative environment, right? Like, yeah, it was it was very odd. We, I want like. I, because I I find it sometimes I do find it difficult to play against new players, right? Because like I'm so heavily invested. Yeah, for sure. I'm so sort of tuned into playing. Um, you know, I'm not that good, but like competitive level Magic and playing like the best Magic I can. Yeah. Tier one modern decks and like all this stuff, and um, so sometimes I find it difficult to interact with people. They're like, Sheevan Dragon is the best creature I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, because we were like all like that, like at one point, right? Yeah, like literally, I was literally like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but like, the the point is to to be accommodating, to be nice to these people, to because. I think you sort of forget how intimidating it can be, right? Yeah, of course. To be a sort of newbie magic player at one of these one of these events. Yeah. Um, I think. The, uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, there's like a lot of a lot of reasons why people might be uncomfortable. Like, I think there's still big problems in terms of um, minorities entering the game and stuff like that. Like, yeah, definitely. There's still. I think we're still not as as a community as accepting of, like, you know, people of colour, like, queer people, just even, like, you know, women, as we could be. Oh, yeah, like, 100%. Like, you you just have to look at certain, you know, YouTube channels and, you know, certain certain parts of the internet just to see just how, 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 like, how mean some people are. Like, just genuinely just how mean, and it's it's not nice. I'd hate that, right? Because, like, if someone, you know, someone that identifies one of these groups, so, like, say, um, say a trans person wants to come and play Magic the Gathering at a store. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're excited, you know, they've bought like whatever deck and they just want to play some Magic and they want to find some people to play Magic with. Most of us would be like, oh yeah, sweet, that, that's awesome. Like, I don't, I don't care who, who you are, you know, like I don't, your your identity isn't important to me in terms of playing Magic, I just want you to have a nice time. Yeah. But then they go there and they hear someone make some kind of transphobic comment, they hear someone say something really unpleasant, not to them, you know, not yeah. being malicious necessarily, but they hear that sort of language, they hear that, and they, 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 don't want, they don't want to come back. Yeah. Like, should they bother playing Magic if they're just going to hear that sort of nonsense the entire time and feel really bad? Yeah, which absolutely sucks. Like, on, absolutely. On, you know, on two fronts, like, it absolutely sucks for them and mm-hmm. it absolutely sucks for the game because yeah, in order exactly. for the game to survive, we need new people coming in constantly. Like, it needs to grow. Yeah, and we don't we don't want these people making horrible jokes and being <laughs> just being mean. Like, yeah. And I think it's... It's difficult, right? Because we, like, I don't want people to make those jokes full stop, right? Yeah, same. Like, yeah, don't don't, don't don't make transphobic or racist or whatever jokes. Um, but like, if you're going to make those kind of jokes, at least be cognizant of the situation that you're in. Like, you're in you're in a public place. Yeah, anyone can walk in that door and <clears throat> want to find a welcoming um, community. Because I mean, we like I started playing this game to sort of, you know, get away from some things. Like, sort of as a, a distraction for things that, like, are going on in my life, and I wanted something nice and fun and happy, right? Yeah. So then if I walk in there and someone's making a joke that I find upsetting, like, why the hell am I going to come back? Yeah, for sure. So just, even if even if you're the kind of person that wants to make those jokes, like, don't make them in public circles. Yeah, exactly. Like, in, you know, even, even if you don't really care about other people's feelings or, like, you know, that <laughs> yeah. particular person or whatever, like, 
just do it for the health of the game. Like absolutely, just if be, just you, be you hold your tongue and then that player comes back and then that player brings a friend, then great. Exactly. Like, we want that. Yeah, exactly. Like we want, want the you. game to be the best game it can be, and to do that, it needs to have everybody involved. Yeah, like like I want I want us to be known as like a game that's inclusive, a game that's you know respectful of anyone, um, regardless of their identity. And I think we, we're really getting there. I mean, I think Watsy themselves are doing a really good push on yeah, same being as inclusive as they possibly. I think you know there's there's still there's still ways to go, right? But yeah, like, definitely. They're they're listening to their community, and like there are a lot of they're doing a lot of good things in terms of just the what's inside the game like these pieces of cardboard that we play with like um on a friday night yeah they're, they're putting like trans characters into it and they're putting characters of color into it and like um there's stuff like nasa who's meant to be like canonically autistic which is like really really cool that they just thought that that they thought enough to put that in yeah definitely um and so i think if you know watsy and uh, the r&d team are willing to put that much effort into making an inclusive game the least you can do is be respectful to your fellow human being who's trying to play some dragons. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's it's really not that hard to be a nice, a nice, respectful person, yeah. even if you don't feel it in that moment. Like, if you if you genuinely feel like I had a bad game, I don't like this person anymore. Just shake their hand, um, get yeah, up that's and go. Yeah, go just be angry somewhere else because they don't they don't deserve that negativity in their life. No, of course not. Like, just playing a fun game, right? Yeah, and that's it. Like, you know the worst you're gonna to have to interact with them once a week like yeah right like great right? like i'm sure the people that you work with that you dislike even more that you have to see every day like absolutely and then, like even if you don't really like interacting with them you're still playing a fun game right you're still yeah, having fun sure. yeah um and you know complain on your own time <laughs> don't make this person feel uncomfortable just because of who they are because that's just that's not what i want in my game yeah i think really you know just be excellent to each other in the uh, absolutely the words of Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, Great I sound mean, life advice. <laughs> just be excellent to each other. That's yeah. that's it. Like, really. yeah. I mean, I could go on about this for ages, and I think people people that regularly interact with me in real life will know that <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about this for absolutely hours. Yeah, sure. But I think our point is just just be nice, just shake their hand, just be a just be a good person. Yeah, and if you mm-hmm. can't be a good person, just try to be for the sake of the game. Absolutely. Just be, just be nice. Just be cognizant of your behaviour. Like, yeah. if you've if, if you'd said something that you think, oh man, someone might might be upset by that. Don't be like, oh well. Be like, oh man, I didn't mean to. Oh god. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I could be on this for ages. Um, be excellent to each other, right? Yeah, for sure. So, moving on from that. Good uh, call. Move a... on. <laughs> uh, it's time for card of the week. Yeah. So my card of the week this week is a card that I played in the Return of Ravnica draft. Sweet. Uh, it's a card that I am currently thinking about trying to fit into a Lantern Control deck. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Probably. Uh, this is Azor's Elocutors. Yeah. So it is uh, three, and then it's two hybrid mana, so it's white and blue, white and blue. Uh, mm-hmm. For a creature, a human advisor, and it's a three-five, so five mana, three-five. Eh, that's fine. Uh, but then it has some very interesting text in it is at the beginning of your upkeep put a filibuster counter on Azor's Elocutors then if Azor's Elocutors has five or more filibuster counters on it you win the game Uh, but whenever a source deals damage to you remove a filibuster counter from Azor's (coughs) Elocutors sick 
says win the game on it. It does. It says win the game on it, which I, I like. Like I quite like alternative win cons, like if you haven't guessed by now. Yeah. I mean, I think this card is horrendously bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, it probably is. Like, it really yeah. probably is. So, I... Uh, it didn't win me any games in the Return to Ravnica draft. Uh, it almost did. Like There were multiple times where it had four filibuster counters on, but yeah, he died. Yeah, they just, for whatever reason, they just got there, and it, it, just, it just didn't quite work. But yeah. still, I mean, it's I cool. mean there, are, there are definitely sort of build-around shells and definitely things you can do. So in, in Modern, for example, like Lantern Control has a lot of turns where nothing happens, essentially. Like, uh-huh. You're, Especially if you've got bridge out, right? Yeah, exactly. And you got ensnaring bridge out. You're controlling your opponent's draws. You just, you know, they're just drawing land, or they're not drawing the land they need, and they're just drawing their creatures that they can't cast. Like, there's plenty of games I've had where five turns have gone by and nothing's happened. Yeah, and I just feel like maybe it might be a bit of a, you know, it's probably just a meme, but it might be, a, <laughs> <laughs> it might be like a like a spicy one of to speed up the wins and land control. I mean, you can. I've seen people playing all sorts of nonsense in the uh, lantern deck, so why not this, right? Yeah, I I did briefly play a, a blue white lantern deck in Legacy that was was running uh, an Isochron Scepter Silence package as well. Ugh, like, that sounds miserable. <laughs> it was. It, well, I mean, it was well, it was miserable, and it also just wasn't very good. Sure. Okay. But, I mean, I, I like I like playing this card in my Azure theme EDH deck. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's probably the best place to play it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. Some sort of like political commander deck, but yeah, I'm just playing loads of Azorius cards. It's... Sure, it's definitely my card of the week this week. Yeah, it's I not mean, necessarily it's... a great card, but it's definitely a fun card and an interesting card. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it com- It's a combo with my card of the week. Yeah, and what is your card of the week? I'd say combo. My, my card of the week is Bring to Light. And why is that your card of the week? Because I played a really sweet deck with it at FNM and I'm really excited about it. Cool. So do you want to run through what Bring to Light does for anybody who has yeah. never seen that card? Oh, I mean, you should have seen it. It's like the best card ever. Yeah, that um, playable from Barbara <coughs> Zendikar. Barbara Zendikar. It is um, three, a green, and a blue. Yeah. For three. It has Converge. Yeah. Uh, search your library for a creature, instant, or sorcery card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of colours of mana spent to cast Bring to Light. Exile that card, then shuffle your library, and you may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Yeah, I remember a lot of hype uh, being around this card once it was, was spoiled, and when it first yeah. came out, there were quite a few people trying to brew with it, but I feel like it never quite got there. No, like, this card... I mean, it's just weird, right? Like, because it sort of works like... Um... Like a, um, well, it's, it's a toolbox card, right? So it's sort, it's yeah. sort of birthing pod esque, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, there are some scapeshift decks where you just splash a fourth color and you get to tutor for cards like Wrath of God or Damnation, yeah. Um, and all sorts of nonsense. Like, but I mean, it's it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun because I'm. This is going to be. Oh, uh, what the deck for this week? Yeah, <laughs> it does. Um, it does need lead nicely into uh, what yeah, the deck. Absolutely. I mean, this is the deck that I'm playing because I just I felt because I was like I've been playing uh, some zoo decks, I've been playing some company decks, um, and I was like, well, this is good and all, and I'm winning some games and blood braid off into lightning helix is sweet, but I want to do some nonsense. Like, what's the point in FNM if you're not doing absolute nonsense? Yep, and five-colour Bring to Light is, is pretty pretty nonsensical. 
five color trade binder. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm calling this deck because it's. Um, well, if, well, I found a list um, on it's from the competitive modern league on Modo. So it went five nil, which is yeah, exactly. Good. This, this deck is clearly amazing because it went five zero, um, um, and it's by a user called J six five five three six D. Oh yeah, that that famous user. Yeah, it really rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this deck, like, it's so if you go through like you know the four ofs and the whatever, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty stock in terms of that. So you got four Arbor Elves. Yeah. You got four Utopia Spells to go with the Arbor Elves. Yeah. Four Birds of Paradise, four Wall of Omens, four Restoration Angels. Yeah. Uh, three Jace the Mind Sculptor. Yeah. Because he's got he's got to see playing some deck, yeah. right? Like it's it's the card is very good. I don't really know exactly how good or impactful it's actually being in modern, but in a vacuum, the card's great. I, I literally won a game by ultimating the other day. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> so yeah. that's it's a first. Um, and then you've got four Brain Slight, and then you just have basically one of any card that you possibly want. Yeah. So to go with your um, Restoration Engines, you've got a Kiki Jiki. Just a one of, yeah. So in your in your base Bant deck, <laughs> the one main deck red card you're running is two Trip Red. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you've got Deceiver Axark, because that's another combo card yeah. with Kiki Jiki. Eternal Witness, good card. Wood Elves, good card. Yeah. Um, Hostage Taker. Great card, yeah. Because uh, Fiend Hunter isn't quite good enough. Yep. Uh, Acidic Slime. Yeah. Because blow up your things. Yeah. Um, a, a single Lingering Souls. Cool. <laughs> a single Maelstrom Pulse. Yeah. <laughs> a single Primal Command. Yeah. And then my favourite cards that are in this specific this specific deck. Um, one Scarab Guard. Yeah. One Pelucranos World Eater. Great. And one Panglacial Worm. Panglacial Worm is great. It's absolutely not. <laughs> no, it is. I've I've seen some some very sort of uh, sort of interesting uh, sort of secret secret tech um, recently oh, no. where people have been putting it in a Tron decks. Sure. Because <laughs> like I mean, just Panglacial Worm out of nowhere, like yeah. I mean, that's the point with this deck because you're playing. You're playing four Windswept Teeths and four Misty Rainforest, and then obviously four Brain Delights. You're searching a library a lot. And yeah. Pangrosha Worm is four green green for a creature worm. It's, it's five, a nine five, five green trample. green. It's five, what did I say? Uh, four green green. Uh, five green green. Yeah. It's much more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, for a creature worm, it's a nine five with trample, which is sweet. Um, and while you're searching your library, you may play it from your library. Yep. But I mean, because I didn't play this card in the deck that I ended up playing. Because I've I've retooled it slightly. Because I think I think there's something to this deck. If nothing else, it's just really funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially with like my four mismatching Wall of Omens and my four mismatching Restoration Engines. It, it just um, I mean it, it like when you take the sideboard into account as well, it just looks <coughs> like a Commander deck. Oh, it's so sweet. Like, I, I love Commander, right? And um, that's why I'm playing this this deck. But Comeback Pangdosha Worm is a step too far. Yeah. <laughs> there was no point where I was cracking a fetch with like seven open mana, thinking. Man, I really hope I, I really wish I could cast a nine seven a, a nine five with trample. Like, yeah, sure. Whereas in, just in, in Tron, like you crack your Sanctum of Ugin and Tron, and then you just play it while you're looking for your big Eldrazi. You're going to play the next turn. Sure, because you've got enough mana. Whereas yeah. like this deck ramps because you've got the Arbor Elf uh, Utopia Spore package. But yeah. I never found I had that much excess ma- uh, excess mana. I just wanted to sort of commit stuff to the board and like play to an actual game plan rather than just make a nine five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the sideboard of this deck is sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> These are all one-offs. Fifteen one-offs in the sideboard. 
Abrupt Decay, yeah. Scavenging Ease, yeah. Fiery Justice, <laughs> Is It Statocaster, Colligan's Command, yeah. Kasali Ambusher, which I have no idea why that, ca- why that card's in the deck. <laughs> you can play it for free if you have <laughs> a forest and a plains and you're being attacked. Um, it's a 2 3 reach. Um, Sin Collector, yeah. Crumble to Dust, yeah. Glen and Ninja Archmage, yeah. Obstinate Bailoth, yeah. <laughs> Slaughter Games, yeah. Wrath of God, yeah. Ratchet Gust, sure. and then Madcap Experiment and Platinum Imperion. <laughs> wow. It's just you know, kind of like they've taken one card from every deck in the format and put them yeah, in like, one deck. It's just, this is why I looked, I looked at it and was like, this is complete nonsense. Like, they've just jammed things they want um, into this deck. Um, do you know what Platinum Imperion is not good against? Uh, like, anything running artifact destruction? No, it's really, really bad against humans. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't... Because I was playing... So, <laughs> I was playing at FNM and I, I was playing against Burn. Yeah. And in the cyborg game, I was like, okay, well, I'll just turn five, bring to light for this Madcap Experiment, make this Platinum Imperium. Yeah. You have to have exactly Path to Exile. Because um, he's playing Boris Burn, didn't find it, and I just won, because I was just attacking with, like, some Lingering Souls tokens. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'll play against humans, because, you know, they don't run main deck removal. They don't They don't have Path to Exile or Lightning Bolt or Fatal Push. Um, and then, like, they just can't win, because they're just an aggro deck. It's like they're playing four reflector mages, <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like I'd like naturally drawn the madcap experiment yeah. on turn on turn three because I was ramping. It's like, oh, dude, yeah, you can't beat this. Just jam this. And my opponent goes, okay, <laughs> <laughs> play this reflector mage. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so it's not very good against humans, and it's not very good against Jund. No, no. but it's. Uh, I I played it. Yeah. I had I had an eight eight in play. Sure. I did get got though because I was playing a scavenging is against burn. Yeah, and I was like, I had I had this in play. Um, like, End of turn, uh, eat this creature again, and my opponent goes, no, <laughs> <laughs> the life cycle can't change. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this deck is absolutely nonsense. It's um, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, like, how does it feel playing? Like, how did you? Deal <laughs> it's with it? so fun. Yeah. Um, you just go like you play some ramp, and then you just just shoot it for anything. I mean, I think. From this, from this exact, this exact list, that I think um, J six five five three six D has um, run back in a couple of uh, in a couple of leagues and like five would with it. Yeah, I'm not sure about some of the card choices. Like Scarab Guard, like I was excited because I own a Scarab Guard. I was like, sure, I'll jam it in this deck. Yeah, I mean, the card's great and standard, and it's, a, it's know, just it's so slow. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's particularly good, but like, I think. You need like a main deck wrath effect, like a main deck supreme verdict or something, because yeah. there's certain ag- like aggro games, like like game one against pyromancer, for example. I was like, I just have no game. <laughs> like I might shoot for this primal command, gain seven life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like it, it really doesn't do much. Uh, but then you have access to wrath effect on the sideboard. I think stuff like that and like maybe just like a thrag tusk or something in the main deck. This yeah. is like a threat that you just jam. And then, obviously you're playing restoration engine anyway, so like combos for days. Yeah, I mean, Thragtusk in place of the Plank Glacial Worm just seems like a good idea. Like, I was playing Avalanche Riders. Yeah, okay. Because I was I, like, a lot of people play Tron at FNM. I didn't play against any. Um, but yeah, I think just in place of some of these cards, but it just it feels great. It's just it's complete nonsense. Like you said, it's like playing an EBH deck. Yeah, I mean, it just looks like it. It looks like a singleton deck. Yeah, like and I mean, I'm I'm playing in KMC hard sleeves. <laughs> so my deck is roughly twice the size of everyone else's deck <laughs> nice <laughs> so I was sitting down at this modern FNM and like are you actually playing commander you've gone Arbor of Birds of Paradise 
Maelstrom Pulse, bring to light. Are you actually playing EDH? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of magic I want to play. Amazing. Um, but yeah, this, this deck is great and terrible at the same time because it's just playing loads of bad bad cards it's really bad <laughs> so yeah i think that that pretty much does it for this week uh, we do have some news on our sort of social media and website front that we're going to talk about for a little bit oh yeah we've um we've decided to actually start taking this podcast seriously right yeah for sure like you know i'm i've been fairly happy with the number of listens we've been getting and i thought hey a great way to sort of get our content out more and you know get it out there across the web would be if we launch a sort of full frontal social media assault i guess uh, so we're gonna have <laughs> we've got a twitter page and we're gonna have a facebook page as well mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll also be launching a website where we'll host the episodes of our podcast but then we're also going to be writing articles for there as well yeah just like try, just trying to put as much content out there as we can um that's sort of the plan I yeah think. definitely so our, our twitter is hofdcast so at hofdcast if you want to follow us on there yeah for sure uh, and our, our website is hofdcast.com uh, that should be going live at some point this week where oh, are you actually getting the domain yeah actually going to get the domain and everything going to be dot com dude we're so proper yeah I mean, we, <laughs> couldn't, so we couldn't get hour of devastation because obviously wizards of the coast own that oh man <laughs> um, also i mean like if you want to follow me specifically you can follow me at, at sneal69 hey. where i post basically nothing <laughs> yeah you can follow me at at peach garden oaf and that's oaf Which with is... an f not like the uh the pro team um yeah i mean i don't really post anything record. like um I might post a <coughs> once a week or something, but yeah, you post the, you post the podcast every week. That's fine. That's enough. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, well, I've I've got it just set to auto post, so I don't technically don't post the podcast every week. Oh, but, so you, you don't know. use Twitter. Oh, fine. I, yeah, I don't really use Twitter as much as I should, but <coughs> it's something that I'm I'm getting to grips with a little bit more, and we're definitely going to be using it more in the future. Yeah, definitely. We just want to get as much content out there as possible, and I just appreciate anyone that's bothering to listen every week. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's really, yeah, you can also week. any. Any email question, anything you can you can email in as well. Uh, uh, hfdcast at gmail dot com. Is that correct? That that is our email address. Hey, you got it right. Hey, fantastic. Maybe I'll maybe I'll send an email later on. <laughs> Man, we'll we'll get this part down by like give us still episode twenty, and this this thing at the end, with giving out all the social media details, will be like absolutely perfect. Yeah, for sure. And we'll know everything. <laughs> so yeah, so look for uh, hfdcast.com. It should be launching at some point this week, if all things go to plan. Uh, if not, it should be sort of fairly shortly after that. Uh, we're going to have uh, various articles. So we do have one coming up about build-around commanders from uh, Dominaria. And also uh, returning mechanics uh, we would like to see in, Rav- in Ravnica when we do eventually go back to that plane. Yeah, because we're definitely going back there, right? Because of oh, the story. Yeah, absolutely. We must be. Yeah, what was the... What was the- there was a bit of a story, like it was a while ago now, like during the Ixland story. What was the what was the thing that like gave it away that we were going back to Ravnica? Um, it seems to be there's been quite a, quite a few things in the story that have sort of tied it back to Ravnica. Um, obviously, you had the great reveal at the end of Arrow Devastation that Val Zarek's been working with Nicol Bolas. So cool, you so have, cool. Obviously, Vraska in the whole of Ixland block. Uh, you know, Vraska featured heavily in in the Ravnica mm-hmm. uh, storyline and. Vraska had a, had a story so prior to Ixalan where she she met with Nicol Bolas and yep. it became quite apparent that Vraska wants to lead the Golgari Guild so you've got that tie in there and then it's been heavily implied that Nicol Bolas 
wants to take control of Ravnica for Sweet. whatever reason we don't quite know yet but he just loves multicolored spells yeah I, I mean it can't be good whatever the reason is oh he just he's just evil right that's just that's that's Bolas's entire thing he's just evil yeah. and wants to everything. <laughs> just evil and powerful and we'll just probably, a bad bad guy he is yeah bad bad dragon guy <laughs> But yeah, speaking of bolus, I think it's about all we have time for this week. Uh, the God Pharaoh has returned once again. Uh, we'll see you next week on Arrow of Devastation. Bye!